Yo, what's up? Uh, this is Rico here with. This is Marcus here. How's it going, everyone? Uh, basically, uh, Marcus and I have been in the talking. We've been friends since we were kids. Uh, we've been talking lately about maybe starting just a little something podcast, just collect our thoughts. Um, not sure exactly what or who it is for yet. Maybe for ourselves. Maybe one day we publish. Um, but here we go. So obviously, both of us, one of our big things is that we're both gamers. Uh, and our whole circle of friends are pretty much all gamers in some form or fashion, some of us more than others. We all kind of have different backgrounds in gaming. Uh, we all just play different things. But uh, today's big news in the gaming world is that uh, E3 was canceled. Not only the physical event, which I think we've known they had announced for a while, but that there's not going to be a digital event either, which I had heard of before, but I mean, it's, it's a big, it's a kind of a big deal. Um, I think uh, the physical thing is probably still a little bit more having to do with COVID. And even though it's kind of been a lot more under control now and not as prevalent in kind of uh, controlling our society and our country like now uh, we're in the we're in the US by the way both in Texas um, you know nobody wants to ever be those people that put somebody in harm's way in any kind of way Does that makes sense yeah Marcus um the my thing was more or less it's kind of like it's it's strange that they they kind of did it now and, and and not even a virtual thing you know despite covid um and i know last year they did a good job of kind of like you know supplementing an e3 even a kind of online thing you know mm -hmm. and and even when cases were on the rise you know and right now it seems like not that it's dying down but again it is under it is more under control you know people there is it's it, people are getting vaccinated it's regulated and you see you do see people all over the place you know in public even without a mask so the fact that they canceled it all together not even not even a uh, a digital event which is kind of interesting that's the part that kind of like says you know what direction is e3 going in you know what i mean yeah, then I, I completely agree. I think, like I said, uh, I think the physical thing is kind of like an, an easy one because even though COVID is kind of under control now, you cannot like you can't risk like you don't want to. This is not the time to like be too lax and then something especially like I know it hasn't been covered too much, but like with this news of new variants and stuff, we don't hear yeah. about it as much, but. You know, you just never want it. You don't want to kind of let your guard down and, you know, it gets back to how it was because, I mean, none of us want to go back to that, right? Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, uh, but you're right. Like, with the whole digital thing, like, what, what is it that ultimately led them to make that decision? Was it money? Was it uh, too many of the big companies choosing not to be there, whether they're going to do something else or they want to do their own thing? I know we've well, talked about it a lot that, a lot of the companies kind of seem to be just fine doing their own thing now. Yeah. And I, I know we had a friend of ours say actually like um, that E3 is more than just, you know, game announcements, you know, but it's also an expo, right. Where uh, game creators and, and these, and um, companies do come and kind of show off different, you know, games and kind of, and different aspects of certain gameplays and, you know, digital, you know, 
in person and stuff like that now whether it's more like a con thing i'm not i'm not sure but you do have people sitting down there and i would assume right people um kind of do sell different things and and whatnot and kind of have it's, it's almost like a comic con if you want to call it something so the fact that you know i understand getting rid of that but if they're seeing a decline in something like that the physical aspect i think it's just more than just covid right people aren't you know buying things as much anymore whatever might be the case you know but it's, it's just the whole it's just the whole the whole digital thing and I, I know like you know recently playstation kind of started doing you know their state of plays and that's interesting because i know and, and it's always seems it's always seems weird because playstation's always kind of like piggybacking off everybody else and kind of kind of what they're doing and they and they do a damn good job of, of, of whatever they of whatever they do and whatever they want to show off and I know, you know, they had a state of plays. Are they're becoming a lot more popular now than when they were first introduced. And of course, Nintendo has their Nintendo Rex. The only one, it's kind of Microsoft, but you know, Phil Spencer, you know, does awesome things for the for the gaming world and, and for gamers in general. So it wouldn't be, I'm sure, if he just tweeted out something, you know, people would flock to it. And obvi- and obviously, you have, you know, the big three kind of already giving their own presentations. It's even said, it's even been said before where a lot of people wouldn't mind, you know, a spread out you know, presentation, right? Instead of having everything just in one go in June, you have, you know, something in June, something late June, something July, maybe August, you know, stuff like that, you know, to kind of really help, you know, the announcements over over the course. Yeah, I I agree. I think the big thing is just that, like, E3 has always been such a staple in the gaming community. Like, it's just something we're always used to. Oh, what? Since the '90s, I'm sure, if I'm not mistaken, the mid '90s, and, and and I know more lately. I think E3's been sort some sort of a, and and, and why people talk smack, right? People, you know, you go all over the internet, and people have that. Oh, E3, oh, E3, E3 is real bad, it's real bad. But ultimately, you know, we're here for the announcement. We're, we're here to see the games, and as a gamer, yeah. you know, we're gonna appreciate those things, right? Every so every summer, no matter what people say, every summer we're there watching it, like. Yeah, yeah. Regardless, even even the people who don't like it, you know, or people who are going to talk smack, right? Whether they watch it, you know, just to hate on it or whatever, but people are going to watch it regardless. And it's almost now, you know, and it's almost like a nostalgic thing, right? The last couple of the last few years, last ten years, it's just been a very prestigious thing. And you know, recently, I'm not sure where that prestige that prestige went, but you know, more so. But it has become a nostalgic thing. And now you have, you know, all these other gaming things kind of popping up. Game Fest and the Gaming Awards. I know the Gaming Awards have, haven't been around with, with Geoff Knightley, right? Haven't been around um, that long, right? But, you know, they're popular in December. And you have other, you know, Tokyo game shows that are also real popular. And there's, all, there's all kinds of things. And people do flock for them, you know, for announcements. But it's just the fact that E3, right, the one that everybody knows, you know, and the one that's been around for us in our generation, at least the longest, is actively canceling, you know, their entire show. What they come back, you know, in 2023, we don't know, right? We don't know yet. Hopefully it's something good. Hopefully, you know, they can really kind of out, you know, outdo themselves, right? I think that's kind of what like, we're all hoping for, you don't think? Yeah, I I think so too. I think maybe uh, you know, since they did start mid '90s, from what I see here, I think it started 1995, which would be 26 years. So, with the rise of like live streaming and all the stuff like that, and more like us consume consuming like the digital media and all that, I think maybe if they were to move to kind of just a streaming event, I think that would help them a lot. So too, uh, as to where they would go with like their physical stuff since they do try to sell like hardware and merch and stuff like that I, I mean i don't know what they would end up doing with that maybe just opening an online store more and doing it more that way but uh yeah and then making it a little bit more 
I wouldn't say spread out because I think they usually do over do it like over a course of what three days, a weekend, a weekend. Yeah, so just uh, maybe a change in formatting or something like that, I think would help them. And they just come to us with a whole new E3. Like, this is going to be the new way we're going to do E3. Uh, you yeah, know, and kind of give give it a new, give it a, some, make it feel fresh and then kind of just start over. So so let's say E3 were, were to become an all digital event. Tell, tell me, what would... What would differentiate E3 from Game Fest, like you know, or E3 from the gaming? Obviously, the gaming awards have the gaming awards, but more so, more so Game Fest that kind of took over the kind, not the summer spot, right? But kind of made its way around here over the summer, the same time as E3. What's what? What would your takeaways be for these for the differences between the two? I think uh, I think just that they sell a lot of uh, not just like E3 official merch, but I think they try to. They're not just selling to gamers. They're also, I think, a lot of different companies that go to E3 also sell stuff to the game companies, like, uh, like different kind of accessories, hardware. Uh, so it's, yeah, well, obviously, right. Uh, you know, it really, I, I really don't think other than the than the physical stuff. I know they do talk about like that. There's also they also set up a lot of like you to play early access or betas or stuff like that early early gameplay you can go and play like a level of like an upcoming game or something like that so i think if they were to just kind of adapt and be like all the new things like it it doesn't make sense to me why why we have these newer um shows shows, like you mentioned thriving and growing like e3 kind of slowly people have said like is kind of on the down like going downwards so that's why I say maybe if they were to just adapt a little bit and kind of change a little, a little here and there, maybe. You see, but but, you know. but adapt in what way? I, I don't think I don't think they would survive by simply just going, you know, full blown, you know, digital event. Here you go, you know, and here's a here's a bunch of videos. Uh, here's the announcements. Okay, we're done. You know, like I would think there'd be a little bit more to E3, considering you know it was one of the bigger ones. Um, and and you know. How would you get some? How would you get E three to to distinguish itself from everybody else? What would be the turning point you think? Well, I think I think the big thing would just be if they were able to get all three big companies back on the floor again, or having their presentations. Because I, I know recently, right? Sony, Sony again. I mean, uh, Sony, Sony hasn't done it the past what three or four years. It's it's been a while. It's been a while. I, I think it was. I think the it might have been the last one when they did the Last of Us reveal when they had that super you know that uh they showed off the what was it what was it, like a musical number there in the beginning and stuff like that to kind of just show off the Last of Us part two. So it's been a couple. It's been a few years already. Yeah. Um. But you know it's been a while, right? Like how do you how do you yeah. guarantee or make sure that you know real you quick? To- I'm seeing here uh 2018. Sorry. 2018. So it's been about four years. Yeah. So been about four years so how do you like how do you make sure that sony you know and kind of gets back on board right because sony had no problem you know showing off some of their stuff and i know a lot of times it's kind of like square enix right or or whatever this or whatever it may be but how do you get how do you get the big three back on board you know what i mean xbox xbox phil spencer again he's always for the people always for the gamers he has no problem nintendo nintendo's always kind of done their own thing but they've always been catered to the gamers too where sony's always kind of i felt kind of like done their own thing so how do you get these three these three people these three big major companies back together you know what i mean yeah i i mean 
I feel like I don't know enough about the event to kind of decide, like, or, or give, an, give an opinion about how they'll kind of, like, stay at the top, you know, with all these others coming up. But what I'm seeing here is, uh, actually, the attendance had been going up since 2012. They were at 45K, 13, they went to 48, 48. 52, 50, 68, 69, 66. Again, that's attendance like in person. So has there been, has there ever been a drop off recently in the last three four years? There there has not actually. From 2016 to 2017, it was a huge, uh, huge surge growth. Yeah, from 50 50k to 68, and then 69. I guess last year or not last year, but the last time we had it in 2019, it. Drop from sixty nine to sixty six, but that's not like crazy. Two major, yeah, and you know, and and what was it like when uh, around the around COVID, you know, because COVID's always going to be a reason, right? Recently, you know, stuff like that, as far as E three is concerned, right? Why they kind of uh, went the all digital route, right? What what were the numbers during the COVID the COVID time period? Um. Well, since the since the uh, in twenty twenty, since it was canceled, it doesn't have any numbers. For attendance, it just says that it was canceled due to concerns regarding COVID. Public places were planned to be increased to 25,000. So I don't know. That, that's something else. What, what does, how does not having something physical affect them in terms of what they have to spend, how much revenue they make? Like, do they make so much money selling tickets that it's not... Uh, it doesn't make sense that for them to do all digital. Like, how much do they spend in having to rent out, like, the convention center? Uh, you know, they've had it in Los Angeles Convention Center the past, since tw 2008, is what I see here. Maybe, right, right. What, what would the budget be, you know? Because, I mean, they, they, not that they had no problem switching to an all digital event, right? But what were the, what were the revenue losses as far as, you know, what they spent on a digital event? versus what they profit is because they make profit right they i mean i would i would assume so you know what i mean mm -hmm. yeah i'm i'm really not too too familiar with all with all that and i don't see it here on their website anywhere i would have to dig a little bit deeper yeah no yeah, but what ultimately obviously right the the big issue here or the big news is that e3 being canceled altogether and coming back in 2023 you know, and which let a lot of people down, you know, and despite, and I'm always going to say this, right, despite what people may think or said, right, or, or their opinions, you know, it's it's a blow, man. It's a blow to gamers overall because, you know, me personally, I'm always looking forward to, you know, E3, you know, and I and I watched it, you know, Ubisoft, Square Enix, you know, uh, Microsoft, Nintendo, whomever's on. I'll be watching the Nintendo Treehouse Lives, you know, whatever, whatever it is they have to offer, right, because it's a, it's a fun event overall. Yeah, so for I, sure. I personally felt it was, a, it was a big blow. For sure. Um, I always try to watch the at least the big three for sure. I try to catch the some of the smaller conferences too. Uh, and if I don't catch them, I usually watch either the VODs or, you know, read up on what else was announced. Uh, I check out trailers, stuff like that. So I agree. Like anybody that's a gamer, like it's, it's, uh, we're, we're, we're going to miss it. Yeah, we're going to miss it. I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. You know, and 
we'll just see what every you know what happens right or, you know as far as the repercussions i would think there'd be some sort of repercussions you know whether something whether what game game fest kind of takes over not takes over right but now that it stands alone here in the summer and more so in the retrospect you know i, I wonder how more or less how it's going to happen yeah, I think a lot of people will just be glad that we're going to have something and they'll say, they'll kind of be like, oh, no, E3, well, we're going to watch this for sure. And it, it's going to be interesting, I think, to see who we're going to see there. That's a good one. Yeah, yeah. Who who exactly is we're going to see there? Are they our Xbox and uh, our Xbox and or more so Microsoft and Nintendo going to be there for sure? Uh, will we see Sony there? Something of Sony's there, too, because. Uh, we do have some other news uh, in the in the gaming space that like we haven't touched on yet. That's more company specific. Uh, know, you know, I think I think not that they suffer right, but uh, Microsoft and Nintendo have generally done a good job of kind of showing off the indie companies, right? The the, the smaller the smaller studios are kind of working their way up. I know in, Nintendo has their um, indie world. Um, directs and uh, microsoft has their nintendo i mean xbox id uh presentations where they're kind of showing off all these things so i do hope i do hope more that i kind of feel for them right because i do enjoy seeing those you know beautiful beautifully drawn beautifully created you know games and very nostalgic right because usually you don't see top-down games anymore 2d games or metrovanias and they do you can't help but really really appreciate those so i'm kind of curious how how that you know how their medium is going to kind of pop in you know, and kind of find their way here. You know, because it would be kind of, it's kind of strange that they're going to solely rely on, or I would at least hope not, right? Solely rely on just Xbox IDs presentations and in indie indie presentations. It'd be kind of strange. Yeah, something where where they're you know when when you focus so much on like a Nintendo uh, conference or a Microsoft conference. Um, like you say, they do do a good job of including them, but oftentimes um, they're kind of they, they they can be the afterthought of the conference unless they come out with a bang. You know, if if they're going to show one of their big games, you know, anything uh, Zelda, Pokemon, Mario, like then people are going to be talking about those and then they'll say, oh, yeah. And that little that other little game, like it looked like it could be good. Yeah. Is it it's always been a big deal, right? You know, and, and again, people get all discouraged when they see, you know, oh, presentation, indie presentation coming on, babe. You know, but that's that's meant for the smaller studios, kind of, you know, getting them in check. And if a game takes off, you know, like for example, look at Hollow Knight came out came out of nowhere, you know, by Cherry Bomb, a small studio. I for, I forgot how many people were working on that game, and people have been dying for Silk Song. I know I'm dying for Silk Song. You know put in 60 hours to a metroidvania type game which which you know introduced itself from an indie type studio you know what i mean a small studio that hadn't you know hardly anybody working on it so mm -hmm. I, I i'm i'm really hoping that you know those do show up and and honest i've always appreciated that their platforms weren't just exclude you know weren't just an afterthought especially in you know, in, in E3. E3 always they always pushed it they always made a big deal out of it and it was it was great right Phil Spencer would get up there and he goes, and from our indie studios, and he show off just a montage of these beautiful games and stuff like that. And he made sure that they had their piece. So it's kind of like, well, you know, they're going to be incorporated. They're going to be just, you know, exclusive to Nintendo indies. So it's just kind of, it's just kind of, it's kind of weird without an E3 in what direction those, you know, that, uh, presentations would go in. 
Yeah, well, I guess just on that, we can uh, wrap it up by saying we're looking forward to Game Fest. See what else we get coming out of there. Uh, some other big news this week from Nintendo was the Breath of the Wild 2 being delayed. Now, I'm laughing uh, because my favorite series all time, right? So, But I appreciate a good delay. Yeah, I kind of I know that's I know that's your your series your your forte. So, I mean, I mean, and I'm I'm making a joke out of it, right? I know uh, when I heard the news, I you know I text Punk Rico and I say, hey, uh, is that the Elden Ring effects? I know right now everybody's playing Elden Ring, and you know the way Elden Ring came out, you know, flying with the reviews, and it it became more than just a oh a game you want to play. It, it almost became a game that you must play in our generation. So, and I call this whole news right where Zelda kind of gets delayed you know the elden ring effect just because i'm kind of curious right we said oh you know they don't they don't want they want none of elden ring you know but the big thing that kind of came out of that was when the review came out and the only reason not the only reason right but one of the things was Rico tells me hey uh they're comparing it to zelda so what do you mean they're comparing it to zelda you know what i mean as far as oh exploration open world so the fact that it got delayed i'm i'm even more hopeful and i'm even my my expectations are that much higher you know, me wanting to just really, really see, you know, this polished game because I, I'm sure you're not going to make sure it's bug free, big world, polished game, pop, top sky worlds, bottom sky world. I know, I know, you know, you play Elden Ring and you go to the underground for the first time. And you're just kind of mind blown that there's a whole other map. So I'm hoping, you know, I'm not replicator, you know, but that Zelda had something like that in, in, in the works. But that, that was a big blow. Yeah, it was um, as far as Zelda getting delayed. I mean, but ultimately, delays are always good. I've never minded them just because it just means that the game needs more time. I'd rather have a, you know, a great game that's been polished rather than a game that's been rushed and, you know, not, not, you know, up to its standard that it should have been. Yeah, for sure. I feel the same way. I think uh, if a company lets you know, hey, we need more time um, for whatever reason, you know, for them to give you a more complete game or if they feel like they want to incorporate something, you know. I would rather also not have the game earlier and broken. I'd rather have it, you know, more yeah, a little and, bit later and, and, and finished, or at least what they feel is finished. And, and it's, it's, they said what, spring 2023? So realistically speaking, how much, how much, what or not how much, what can Nintendo do in what, given a year time span? What, what, what exactly can they do in this year to, you know, or what would they be doing? Um, I'm I'm not sure. I'm I mean I haven't read anything or I haven't read up on any rumors as to why it was delayed. I don't know if you have. I I have it. They did the only thing I saw was they did they did show show some a little bit extra footage, you know, kind of a, a more of a close up on Link and stuff like that. And you know, and again, as far as the lore, you know, in Zelda. It, Everything seems to be exceptional. I'm already in love with the footage. I'm, you know, if you've seen the E3, the first E3 trailer, or I'm sorry, the Nintendo trailer, um, it was amazing. So every trailer, every trailer that kind of comes out, I'm just sal salivating by the lips, you know, hoping just to find out who the hell that guy, you know, and, and people still have their theories lying almost skeleton like they're on the on the bottom floor with Zelda and her short hair. So then Link in this latest trailer, or not the latest one, but the one came out before, with this arm that looks almost very similar to like you know twilight princess you know what i mean 
So okay. there's a lot of rumors, a lot of things kind of going on and stuff like that. So I'm just I'm just really curious as to what they would be doing in a year. Usually polish, they polish things up, right? Making sure the game has no bugs, making sure it's, you know, ready to go. Um, you know, but it, it, it did hurt, but I'm all for it. I'm all, I'm all for it for sure. Uh, something else from Nintendo this week was uh, the release of Kirby, the new Kirby game, Kirby and the Forgotten Land. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you have you played it at all? I haven't played it. I've heard a lot of good things. Strange I've heard that enough. it's I, I've heard that it's sold very well, like uh, compared to other Kirby games. Uh, I've been thinking of picking it up, just that uh, you know the timing with Elden Ring. Elden Ring is just such a massive game, and that's what I'm playing right now. So, uh, I think uh, pretty soon I'm about to finish up probably my second playthrough of Elden Ring. I think once I do that, I'm going to be playing Kirby. I don't know what you've heard or... I got to try it out. Well, I am a teacher. I, I do. I, do, I am a teacher here at, uh, uh, at one of the high schools. And my students, after school, I do have a gaming club. And they do take, you know, their devices and, and their consoles. And one of them had a Switch. And he says, sir, I got the new, Kirby, I got the new Kirby game. I kind of looked at him and I said, can I try that? I picked up the game. I, I, I tried out the first three levels because those are the first three levels of the map. That game is charming, super charming, super colorful, super great. I, I had a lot of fun playing with it. The only thing I, I'm not and I'm not sure if it was more or less just kind of, you know, the fact that it was on dock. It did feel a, a little a little fuzzy. It did feel like a, a little slow just behind just a bit. But that didn't take away from the experience that I had where I was kind of, you know, giggling and just, you know, in shock at when you inhale this vending machine or you inhale this you know cone street cone that you can actually ground pound with it and you destroy this big rock turtle you know what i mean and but it's 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 a very charming game super colorful super colorful um almost almost like super mario odyssey and i thought super mario odyssey was just a, a very gorgeous game all around and i would like to see more of that mixed in with you know bowser's um uh that dlc with the bowser's what is it bowser's oh, it's bowser's fury Something like that yeah. would be epic. But as far as Kirby's concerned, it was a charming game. I would like to see more. This was just the first three levels. I didn't really get to kind of see what's up. Um, I did hear that the game was kind of easy, but, you know, I'm, I am I wasn't really sure whether it was going to be more of a platformer, which, which obviously it is, right? But like a hard platformer, like in the later Mario stages, which I would hope some of the later stages got a little bit more difficult in Kirby, or if it was just going to be one of those, you know, switch shapes change the puzzle defeat this boss and move on so i i would i, I really want to see that kirby establishes his own identity and obviously i won't know until i played the whole game and see what kind of identity it's established and how it differentiates itself from any other platformer but it, it, it was it was a lot of fun for the most part and again inhaling inhaling powers using them you know always fun always had a, had a blast yeah, I, I uh, it would be my first Kirby game. I, I think you've said the same, right? I've played Crystal Shards for the N64. I maybe got halfway through it for the most part. I never finished it, if I remember correctly, but it it does it is different from that from from what I remember. But again, it's been a long time. Okay, so then uh, moving over to Sony. Uh, Sony this week did announce their version of Game Pass. Yeah, their Game Pass Game Pass competitor. That? That's interesting because Sony, again, Sony always trying to you know piggyback off all these ideas, and Sony sometimes will either do it better or just be real weird about it. What do you think about all that? Uh, 
uh, I think it's a great move all around because, uh, you know, people can can criticize them saying, well, they're just copying. But, you know, the last couple of years, the big the big selling point for Xbox over Sony has been Game Pass. You yeah. know, all you need is yeah. a console and a subscription and you get you get all these games. You don't even have to buy games. You just buy your subscription to Game Pass and you have you have everything. Including in, in, what, what including the, the day one, including the uh, any of the first party games from day one. I think that is the one thing so far. I think that's going to be different. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have not said anything about it, whether or not they're going to include first party titles, because I think. Uh, I think Sony has a great library, and I think so far, I think they've mentioned that uh, God of War is going to be on there. Uh, Death Stranding. I don't remember if I saw Last of Us, but I feel like it has to be there. Um, in terms of the pricing, I have this graphic here that says uh, it, there's going to be three different tiers. There's going to be the Plus Essential, the Plus Extra, and the Plus Premium, because this is all going to be integrated into PlayStation Plus. Can so, can you, can you say again how many games were they offering? for these tiers did you say that already i don't i i don't see a number under the playstation plus essential but i do see that i want to say i i saw something like two or three hundred games on the first one okay and then the the plus extra is going to be up to 400 additional games then the plus premium is 340 additional games from PS3, PS2, and the original PlayStation, and PSP. See, that is amazing. And let me, I, I know some people have hardly have any interest in kind of going back. And, you know, or maybe they do. But when you have, when you have these games accessible right now through a PS5 subscription, especially stuff in the PSP, which was a super, super underrated system, along with the, with the Vita, there was a lot of great games that came out for those part, for those particular systems. Whether, whether you're talking about Tactics Ogre, you know, Final Fantasy, Cerberus, uh, you're talking about One Minute Hero, the One Second Hero, you know, you have all, you have all these games that kind of missed out. And then, you know, uh, in PS2, you have Dark Cloud, uh, you have those Mortal Kombat story games that, you know, Sub-Zero for the PS1. You can, and, and if you can go back and play, you know, the OG Twisted Metal, which has been a while, like, like those games, those games hold up, you know. This, well, at least most of those games hold up, and the fact that you're able to play them in a gen, in in a in a modern PS5, you know, subscription at at a whim, that I think that's huge. I you know backwards. I've always been a component for backwards compatibility because the only reason I keep some of these systems is just to be able to go back and play these games, you know. So I think that's big time, you know. And you said how much was the the third tier? What was it going for? Uh, the third tier, which would include most of the backwards compatibility, is seventeen ninety nine. Eighteen bucks. Eighteen bucks. I, mm-hmm. I can, I can, I can spend eighteen bucks on something a lot less. You know what I mean? So I think that's awesome. You know, and I think you said they had a a year thing, right? They had a six months or a year thing going on. That's uh, yes. That's one thing I was. I hope that we'll see uh, Microsoft actually take from them is that they offer a quarterly subscription and a yearly subscription so for the basic one you can either pay 9.99 a month uh quarterly 24.99 a month or you could pay 60 or 59.99 per year or no 9.99 monthly 24.99 quarterly 
or $59.99 yearly. So you could go if it's something you know that you're going to have for the whole year, might as well just pay the whole thing if you have the money uh, and save yourself a little bit of money. That Right now, that's something that Game Pass on Xbox doesn't offer. So I'm hoping that they do pluck that out of here. Which, and, and honestly, again, they have no problem, you know, being being very vocal about doing what's best. So I, I would hope so too, um, because right now we spend how much do we spend for Game Pass? Twenty five, twenty five a month. Uh, with Ultimate, yes, I think twenty five. With, with Ultimate, twenty five, and if we can get if we can get fifteen, I think the regular one is fifteen now. Yeah, the regular is fifteen. I, I'm not saying, the only reason to have Ultimate is if you have the PC and the Xbox, you know, for whatever reason. I think it was ended with with Xbox and the fact that Xbox Live is included, where X member used to have to pay for that stuff. So it's come a long way, definitely, and I think it's come a long way in in in, in good terms. Um, but yeah, definitely, that PlayStation has a lot of potential. The their their game or they didn't call it Game Pass, right? They had they had something else. Uh, but it has a lot of potential to be something. It has a lot of potential, especially if, if you have access to these hundreds of backwards compatibility games i think that's huge because i know like on xbox game pass they do have the uh you know backwards compatible and stuff like that but you know like game pass it does an awesome job of having these day one releases and stuff like that so it'd be competition's amazing right now so that that was a big plus that was a big plus uh yeah i get in there uh i guess they're not really giving that a name i think they're just going to introduce it into playstation plus uh, I'm not too familiar with the way uh, with the PlayStation uh, network and how that all works, but I also wonder if they're gonna try and do something, or maybe they already have something kind of like XCloud. Do they so have something like that already? Now. It, it was PlayStation Now. I ne- I I did the free trial, and it's PlayStation Now is essentially what it sounds like. You see it, you can actually play it from like like a cloud from a cloud, and you'll be have access to that game. So there is something kind of already in place, but. I think the problem with PlayStation Now, it was what that it, I guess not that it wasn't accessible, you know, but I think it was either because you had to actually download it, you know, whether it was internet connection. I don't know. There was something with PlayStation Now that PlayStation uh, players really had an issue with. Um, so we'll see. We'll see. Okay. Uh, and then moving over to Xbox, there was, or Microsoft rather, uh, they have been talking about. Uh, the quick one is that uh, the Series X is starting to be a lot more uh, in stock, uh, whether online or at stores. So finally, people are able to get their hands on that more freely. I know it was real. I know it was real tough here in the beginning, towards the year, where people wanted to get an Xbox. Right? We had a friend of ours who literally drove what, an hour and a half, two hours, to go get himself an Xbox at a good price, and it was it, it was still a little bit above average market, but. And that, that's good, you know. And he was lucky. The only reason he got it is because the guy that he bought it from ended up getting two. Yeah, yeah, right. And the guy gave him a sweet deal and he says, I'm, I'm and it was already close to midnight. I'm a guy, I'm going to get myself an Xbox. I said, You do that, man. You do and, that. Well, remember, he remember he told us, like, Yeah, I think I'm going to wait for them till tomorrow. And we're like, Dude, no, like, yeah, yeah. That's, that thing's going to be it, gone man. by tomorrow, bro. Like, <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, yes, so that's sir. good. That's good news for people that want that console. And then uh, the other news is that um, Microsoft is going to come out with a Game Pass family plan. I heard which, about that. I didn't. I didn't look. I didn't, I didn't look into it though. What's that all about? Which I, what I think I saw is that it would be, um, you know, just a typical Game Pass. Some people were 
were saying that it would most likely be integrated into the ultimate version of Game Pass, which right now is the the twenty five dollar version uh, monthly. Uh, and just that you would be able to have different accounts. I think I read somewhere that people were thinking it would be up to six different accounts. That was something I figured we would hear about this summer. Um, That's not similar to like Nintendo's family plan, is it? Um, I, I'm, I'm not too sure. I don't use the Nintendo family plan, but basically you'll have Game Pass again uh, across multiple accounts, which... Uh, you know, I know there is a way that you can uh, game share with somebody right now. Like if you have uh, somebody in your family or something like that, how you can kind of share something between two people. But if they integrate this and you have like a like more than one person that you share with, either a brother, a cousin, whomever, you know, if you're if your parent, one of your parents plays games, you have kids that play games. You don't necessarily have. You're not necessarily locked in with one person. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think uh, that would be a positive. Um, I don't know for sure how many how many accounts are going to be able to be shared, but oh, I think that's a good that's a good thing. If they no, if they do do yeah. it. No, definitely, definitely. Again, always. Uh, I know Xbox always trying to do right by. The gamer for the most part you know and that, that that's always something they've been amazing at so i'm all for it all right so that's it with the with the big three uh something we talked about earlier which uh is kind of the game that it seems like a lot of people are playing some people are finishing up uh elden ring wow what a game yeah and the fact that what i think you know, everybody was talking about it. I mean, again, my students were talking about it. Uh, they were playing it. I know people, you know, especially if it was a lot of people's first Souls game. That was the crazy part. And, and I know uh, Souls, Bloodborne, Dark Souls, uh, 1, 2, and 3, you know, they, 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 they had a following. Now, the following, I wouldn't call it a niche following, but it, de- it definitely wasn't as, and I'm going to say the word mainstream as it was, as Elden Ring is right now. Because again, Elden Ring, when everybody had it, you know, when everybody heard about the reviews and what kind of was going on, and you know, the whole game in itself, the hype just completely blew over. And I had, you had people who, you know, would, you wouldn't even think about getting it. You know, and we still get messages. I get messages from friends or say, hey, Elden Ring, what's it like? Hey, Elden Ring, was, you know, what do you think? And we have another friend who's a big, from software fan who's played all their titles and he says oh oh you're gonna love it oh and he was just you know super about it so we got on it asap day one you know and we never looked back it's been it's been a hell of an experience especially awesome now that you know zelda's you know, delayed so i got something to hold me over especially if i decide to do you know three or four playthroughs <laughs> yeah i uh i put in a lot of time uh i love um I love the rebirth system because uh, initially I went in there as like a tank player, basically just trading damage uh, with bosses and so forth. And, you know, after a little while, you kind of want to switch it up, change some, change some things. So uh, being able to rebirth your character and uh, it doesn't, uh, I love that it doesn't take away all your levels and hard work that you put into the game. And you can kind of just adapt your playstyle. And if you like it, 
go with it. If not, come back. I have uh, I have gotten the credits. I did finish the game. Um, I won't say too much more than that. But uh, I'm on my second playthrough, trying for a different ending. Um, but what a game! Just uh, open world style. So much to do. So much to explore. So many weapons. So many ways to play. It's been. It's one of. I'm one of those people that it's my first Souls type game, and uh, wow, I'm impressed. And and, and I was gonna say, you know, um, despite and I know I had a lot of but performance issues more so and bugs and you know especially with a game this massive, you're gonna get you're gonna get those things and you know the fact that companies now are super awesome about updating their stuff, about patching things, about you know getting things out there quickly right and obviously they want the meta to change and there, there, there seems there does seem to be some sort of pvp uh multiplayer kind of thing coming on here and stuff like that so we'll see what the what you know what happens with it but ultimately man elden ring has been a great game i'm still i i'm still in my first playthrough i haven't really got i haven't not really gone through it but you know taking it taking that slow pace really exploring really trying to get everything and you know and i'm i'm sure you guys are just like me right we're a stickler for wanting to do as much as we can on the first one maybe close to completion and, and rico says oh there's no way you're gonna get everything on the first one i said i know but i'm just trying to explore everything i can right um just because <laughs> challenge it, it, accepted it is, it is it is that <laughs> massive and i and I, I won't forget uh it was a while back and i said hey uh I just be I just got to Atlas Plateau right uh, I'm in Caleb I just got to, I just got to got done through Caleb I think I must have been like at what 85 90 hours I'm a close to finishing the game got laughed at because people said you're better you're not even halfway through I said what do you mean I'm not halfway through I said what are you talking about I'm at the Atlas Plateau the capital's right there you know so if you're looking for a game with longevity always something to do the exploration the combat the re it's rewarding you feel good it, it's just an overall great game and and you know what I'm I, it, you should at least give it a try. You know, it might not be for some of you. I know some people can't get past the 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 aspect, you know, of of the boss fights. But the thing is, is if you actually put, you know, put a little bit of time, those those boss fights do get a a, a little bit easier. And the best part is that most of them are optional. So you, if you're having problems or or you just feel like you know you're having a tough time, you can always invite people to help you out. Um, and kind of get through it, you know, but, and it may not be for everybody, you know, um, I'm, I'll, ne I'll never sit here and say, Hey, you know, you have to play this or you must play this, you know, at least give, but at, le at least give it a chance, you know, to really understand that, you know, it, it's not going to be for you and that's perfectly okay. You know, nothing wrong with that, you know, but it, it is a great game. I I'm super about it. I'm still playing. I was actually playing right now before, before we started. And I said, I, hey, I gotta get, I, I mean, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to get off because I, I'm trying to pay attention to all the lore in the story because, you know, all these characters are so awesome and so great, you know, then that's where the story comes from in interacting with its NPCs. So it's been great. I can't complain one bit. Yeah, it's, it's, it's been a great game. It's been a great experience. Something just like you say to dive into. Uh, if you're familiar with the game at all, uh, one of the parts of the games is that there's a thing called summons, which are spirits that can help you in battle in certain places. And uh, I have a clip here that I wanted Marcus to see about one of the summons that we've discussed. There's this one summon that's an archer. And uh, I put it in the chat for you, Marcus, in the Discord. Good luck. And uh, I saw this today on Reddit, on the Elden Ring subreddit. And this summon is an archer, and you basically put her in place. She's she's a very good summon, but she's kind of very. 
Uh, Archer. That wasn't my first one. She, she, she's very like circumstantial because what you do is you put her somewhere, and she doesn't move. She just oh, lets hey. it go. She just lets it go with her, with her arrows. And the way you get her is you complete a quest line, and she has this. She has this. Uh, this uh, attachment relationship. I'm not sure exactly how to describe it with a wolf. It, it's her pet, her best friend, whatever. And today I saw that if there's a wolf around, I don't know if it's a specific kind of wolf, she'll jump on the wolf and ride the wolf and shoot from horse, from, from yeah. not horseback, but wolfback. Wolf and I thought, mobile. what? That's a big deal. That is a big deal. Yeah, I'm a, yeah, I'm a hundred and, you know, 15 hours of this game. And I, that was one of my first summons. Fell in love with her. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to stick her in the back and she's going to pop these arrows off. And I realized she didn't move. And I was like, well, that, that sucks, right? So <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, so so uh, same thing. I thought, whoa, this is awesome. Like, I'm just going to have her snipe from the back while I take aggro. And, you know, she does some chip damage from afar while I beat up the boss up in his face. But what happens is that if the boss aggros on her at all, you know, she's... She's not moving, so she's done for. But with this, you best believe if there's any wolves in the area, I'm going to switch over. I'm going to be using her a lot more often. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I'm in shock because she was one. I remember I was really excited. because I, I've been trying my best as far as this game's concerned just to kind of stay away uh, from the Internet, right? Because I'm kind of trying to figure out things on my own. And the only help I'll get is from, you know, Rico or, or even some of my students who tell me, oh, do this and do that and try this out. So and I and I found her completely on a whim. I, I had this item I had I just so happened to have, gave it to her, she became mine, and, and next thing you know, I was like, Oh snap, like you know, I was super excited. She says, Oh, well, I'm gonna be an archer and and so the fact that she's a wolf riding archer, you know how um, you know how awesome that is? That's huge. <laughs> that is huge. Yeah, when I saw that today, I, I it blew my mind. I'm like, I gotta show this to Marcus. And, and, and like uh, I said, and, and Rico's past the game. He's on it. He's 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 the second game. You know, over 160 some hours, and you know, to still find and discover things like that. That's part, that's part of the beauty aspect of this particular game. Is you know, and then we even had a friend of ours who said, "Oh, did y'all know there was eight eight endings, and they haven't figured out the last ending?" We're like, "What? You know, you know, like." And the fact that yeah, speedrunners, people who are on 100 game pluses, you know, and haven't discovered parts of this game. You know, and it's not unheard of, right? You hear of games, you know, taking years to find the last Easter egg or whatever, but it is definitely up that alley. And def the replay replayability is definitely through the roof. Definitely. Yeah, I uh I have looked up now that I finished the game, I have looked up certain things. And uh just for spoiler's sake, I won't go too far into them. But uh there are some things, some loose ends in the endings and stories and even pertaining to that eighth ending i think that kind of tells me that there has to be dlc that's what i hear i do hear that um as far as the dlc is concerned but you see since having never played a souls game and and, and stuff like that uh what do they call them expansions or the dlcs and stuff i i, I think I they do call them expansions rather then a souls veteran would probably have a better idea um, but I'm kind of curious as to what the DLC, because I, I, I know I see a lot of people saying PvP, PvP, PvP. And, you know, I'm real curious if this is going to be like kind of a story type PvP, because I'm all for the story. The lore is amazing. The NPCs are, are 
like I said, amazing. So I want to see world building. I want to see more of what more of what the world and the story has to offer. You know what I mean? But I'm sure the PvP is fun, and it was fun, right? When we first discovered that, it was it was a blast. You know what I mean? But to be able to kind of get to, to sit down and get through the story, and maybe get through the story by beating P, uh, by going through PvP, that'd be amazing too. Yeah, I do see. Uh, now that I have finished the game, I do consume a lot of content, and I actually really enjoy watching people play Elden Ring because there's so many different ways to play. Whether you're gonna be agile, whether you're gonna trade blows, whether you're gonna cast uh there's two types of magic whether you're gonna use faith magic whether you're gonna use uh intelligence magic um it's just it's just uh nice to see different approaches and uh, i have seen a lot of uh content creators put out uh stuff about pvp and it seems like every other day there's something new that people are trying uh people are getting uh what they quote unquote called broken builds um so it's great all around for the gaming community yeah it's 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 a, it's a good one it's a good one and, and like i said earlier right zelda kind of suffering from the other ring effect you know and i i love zelda to death you know my my favorite franchise of all time and for a game to up out there right as far as like you know, there's more Zelda type stuff out there that really does a good job at it, you know? And again, the lore, I want to know more about this world. And J.R.R. Martin, you know, kind of getting into him a little bit. I know, you know, whether it's Game of Thrones or whatever, obviously he's an exceptional storyteller, whether or now that fact that he takes a while, you know, is a different story, but exceptional storyteller. And again, the world building is just amazing and, and the character. So, and I was telling, I was telling Rico the other day, you know, I, I, if this were a series or if this were some sort of something online, you know, I would watch it. I would definitely watch it because I want to know more about, you know, Diallo, Sanrani and, you know, Eugene. I thought he was a super cool, you know, just these, these NPCs are just amazing. So I would, I would, I'm about it. Super about no, it. No mention of Fia in there? I mean, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just saying, okay, you know, this is the first one because that's where I'm at right now. But you know, I, I like Fia, right? You know, the person where the game first started, right? Um, I saw Fia, and she says, "Oh, will you allow me to hold you?" And I said, "Yeah, sure, man. I'm not gonna say no, you know what I mean? Yeah, sure, right?" And uh, so she held me, and then I, and I was like, "Oh, okay, cool, right?" People did it once, twice. No, I did it a couple of times just to see what would happen, right? I would leave, come back, and every time I came back. I give her another hug, right? I'm all about it. Give her another hug, right? So then when she left, I best believe I was super upset. And, you know, obviously D deserved to die. You know, that's what, you know. Oh, spoilers. I'm sorry. That was my fault. Retract that. But anyways, Fia's the best. So that's, that's what I'm going to say about that. Hey, <laughs> in, a, in a world where everybody's trying to kill you, a hug doesn't seem a so hug. bad. <laughs> Absolutely not. Because right, you, you just walk by people, they look at you funny, they want to kill you. You know, at least somebody gave you a hug, and you know, even even though you know people talk to you and you know, at least try to befriend you. Hey, who else is gonna give you a hug, right? Just fear. Only one. Okay, so back to the Pokemon topic. Uh, again, the international challenge, third part. Uh, this, uh, the first one I believe was the Galarian Articuno, shiny, by the way. Uh, the second one was the shiny Galarian Moltres, and then this, no, 
Second one was the Zapdos. And this one will be the shiny Galarian Moltres. Yeah. Yeah. All of which, interestingly enough, I like that they went different on the color palettes for the Galarian versions. But when the, you get the shiny version, it's back to the original palette from Gen 1. I always thought that was a nice little twist. Uh, good little, more, more of a nod, right? More of a positive. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, what right is word. it? Trib- tribute, right? To, to the original original versions you know and, and speaking of pokemon I know, I know you know we're kind of getting into it again um we're we're, we're pokemon fans big time pokemon fans you know, i call pokemon i call rico the pokemon master just because you know he's if, if i'm a pokemon fan pokemon nerd then he's you know leaps and bounds but what did you think of um gen 9 you know it was it's been already a few months a month or so that it's been announced what do you think of of those starters um, I think I think they look great, honestly. Uh I'm all for more Pokemon. I'm always gonna be for more Pokemon. Uh I think the tough Beautiful. the tough uh the Pokemon community is rough. Very, very rough. Oh, yeah, you get the elitist and toxic, you know, toxic. But but you see, like, you know, some of it is some of it you can leave up to that. The thing is, um when we get games um they usually come with some kind of gimmick for example uh gen 6 we had mega evolutions gen 7 they introduced um what was it uh, z moves mm-hmm. and then in gen 8 all of a sudden both those things are gone and instead they introduced the wild area and dynamax battles which I thought were were nice. I thought they were they're they're fun and good. See, I, thought but, the wild, I thought the wild area was a, a big step in the right direction, just because you know having the Pokemon there on the open world and 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 kind of you know really showing off what an open world Pokemon may look like. You know, because I I had been the last one I had played was Black and White two. I skipped I think a generation, uh, or two. And I got back into it. Well, I skipped two generations, but when I beat Sword and Shield, I actually went back and played uh, Pokemon Sun and Moon. Uh, the one I skipped, what I think was X and Y, is the one I skipped. So, you know, kind of jumping, going backwards, I thought the Wild Area was awesome. And and Dynamax, uh, the designs were cool, whether, whether they wanted to give them different designs. But if, in all fairness, you know, if anything else, I thought the music was amazing, right? <laughs> I'm just, I'm just going to throw that out there. <laughs> Yeah, that's for sure. I I think uh I think the where people start to have different opinions is when there's something I don't think uh the Z moves were as universally loved. I think like Mega Evolutions. So when they introduced Z moves in Gen uh 7, they didn't get rid of uh Mega Evolution in case they just in in that instance they just had both and you could choose was i gonna the way it worked was you could either you could mega evolve by putting an item on your pokemon which in battling an item is a very big part of being in battle whether you're just playing through the game or whether you're uh pvping uh online battles or friends whatnot so it worked the same way with z moves that you would have to have a Z crystal for the corresponding type of move that you were going to use. And then it will, you would be able to use that move. Um, 
And then in Gen 8, they scrap both of those. So what happens is that people start to start to say, well, why did they like now I can't use my Mega Gyarados anymore or I can't use my Mega Charizard or I can't use my Mega this or I can't hit this Z move that I like to do. Now you're kind of put in the situation is like, well, which one do I like better? Does that make sense? No, definitely. Um, the only thing was, well, now that you, now that we kind of get into Dynamax, right? Um, Dynamax, and and again, I and as a matter of fact, I did miss the Mega Evolutions. That's that's what I that's the generation I did miss. And Z moves, uh, I that was one of those ones that I really didn't care for as much, just because you know, not that it, it, I, they look cool, but I you know didn't really see any reason, you know, the gimmick. As far as let me just attach a Z move on them and you know do all these crystals and so forth, you know at least the Dynamax uh, I did appreciate right it was it was a kind of a strategic thing where you know at what time do do you should you Dynamax them right to kind of get an edge and if you do it too soon you do it too late you know there's a little bit more strategy I think that goes into that um, I would have really liked to have seen the Mega Forms and I'm you know and the fact that I have not gone back and played them you know because I I did go Pokemon Sword Sun and Moon way a little bit. Um, Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and or you know came out um or was it Brilliant Pearl? Oh, I forgot the Brilliant something right came out. Uh, Br- Brilliant of, Diamond, Shining Pearl. Shining Pearl and Brilliant Diamond came out and kind of kind of got into those and oh here comes Arceus. So it's kind of it's it's a great time. It's a great time to be a Pokemon fan just because you know the resurgence of the TCG, uh, the Pokemon games that are, that they're just kind of coming out and they're shooting them and they're quality Pokemon fun games. Pokemon is, is just great all around. So anything Pokemon is just awesome, right? The Pokemon anime, you know, great, great time to be a, a Pokemon fanatic. So the fact that I, again, I have not gone back and played and I would have liked to have seen um, Mega Evolutions, especially because my favorite is Ampharos. I love Ampharos and Ampharos is all of a sudden a dragon from God knows where, right? I, I would have liked to experience that, but I didn't. Uh, but ultimately, yeah, uh, you know, Dynamax, I've, I, I liked it. I personally liked Dy- Dynamax, so I, I'm kind of curious to see where the what the Gen 9's you know, gimmick is going to be. Yeah, for sure. Uh, essentially, I think that the Z-Move was pr- it's probably the weakest of the three because essentially what it was is like you're hitting a Dynamax move for one turn because it was a ultra souped up move and it was it usually had like some kind of extra thing it did. Yeah, I remember. Uh but really, really the, for me personally, the Mega Evolution is what I miss. And then the other yeah. thing coming into Gen 8 was also the, uh, the non-inclusion of the full Pokédex. Oh, yeah. And, like they call it Dexit, right? Is that what they call it? Mm-hmm, yeah, that's, that's what people ended up calling it. And since, uh, since after the game launched, when they came out with the DLC, they did add a lot more Pokémon in. And I thought the DLC... There was two DLCs uh, for this game. The first game, the first Pokemon game with DLCs. Uh, and I thought they were very strong. But there's still a good chunk of Pokemon missing. And for a lot of people out there, if you're if one of your favorite Pokemon or, or your favorite Pokemon is one of those Pokemon, like, you know, of course you would say, oh, well, try something else out. But. If there's that one Pokemon, for example, I know Greninja is one that I like a lot. That's, uh, I had him, I had him in Gen Seven, and I there's been three 
Pokemon games come out and I still can't use them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I know that's a tough one. And then being a hardcore Pokemon fan, being that I've played every game uh, in the past and the ones that have come out recently, you know, I have to, I wonder like what they're going to do here going forward. I was very, very happy that they made the announcement um, because I feel like, like you said earlier, it's just been a great time to uh, to be a fan. You know, definitely, uh, definitely all around. I know. Um, as far as Gen Nine is concerned, um, I personally, I said, you know, what? I don't think, I don't think I'm ready for Gen Nine, right? But it, it fits a timeline. It, it fits when you know every the new generations come on and stuff like that. But I wasn't ready for it for different reasons, right? Because you still had all these kind of Pokemon games and stuff coming out. Um, Arceus was just, you know, I think just a month old, if I'm not mistaken, maybe a little more. And, you know, that game really kind of showed off exactly what a Pokemon game, as far as an open world, an open world Pokemon game can be, right? Where you have these different areas and you're able to explore these different areas, kind of kind of like giant wild zones, if you want to call it, or wild areas, if you want to call them something from Gen 8. Um, you know, and the fact that they mentioned it, it was a pleasant surprise. You know, obviously, I'm. You know, that was mentioned. It was a pleasant surprise. The trailer was great. I thought, I thought the uh, environments looked beautiful, and then the starters. And again, you always have, you know, people have opinions, and you know what? That's great. You know, for the most part, I personally loved the the Gen Nine, the Gen Nine starters. And at first, I, I thought the I thought Litten looked the which is the green the green cat um, grass Spigatito. Oh, Spigatito. I'm sorry, Spigatito. I thought it looked super adorable. And then you have uh, Fuecoco that comes out, which is a little red. People call him a little red uh, crocodile alligator looking thing. And then I've mm-hmm. people call him a lizard. And then Quack, I know people start making fun of Quaxley, right? Oh, look at the little fat, right? People, but the more I looked like, but the more I looked at Quaxley, I was like, I hope he becomes a pirate. And, to, and I still stand firm that if he becomes a pirate, I'm all about it. And I'm going to pick him. <laughs> just, as, as soon as I saw him, I said, "Dude, that guy—that's Captain Quack right there, bro." Yeah, no, but and, and, and <laughs> obviously, and there's a lot of lore, man. There's a lot of lore behind it, and I'm and as soon as they announced, it, I was like, "Okay, well, what can they be like, right?" So I'm looking and I'm I'm analyzing, looking into the because it's supposed to take place in Spain, right? And a Quacksley being what I think they said a kind of a French name to it. I'm thinking conquistadores, you know. Or, or 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 the French um, conquerors also that can kind of come into play or that came into play during that time, uh, you know, with the Spaniard Spaniard territory and so forth. And then you had Fuecoco, and I know people love to talk about the the Chinese zodiac, and Fuecoco does not fit the Chinese zodiac. So people are kind of like, well, what's he gonna be now, right? And I and strangely enough, I do kind of get some Totodile vibes uh, from him, right? The happy-go-lucky crocodile alligator type thing. Um, and I think Fralligator is just menacing looking, a super cool, awesome design. So I'm kind of curious as to what big, you know, I, I feel like it's going to just be a big uh, final evolution that's going to look awesome. And uh, Sprigatito, obviously having that Spanish descent, you know, in his name, you know, you look up, you look up domesticated, not domesticated, you look up cats, you know, cat uh, breeds or cat type um, animals in, in Spain. And you, lo and behold, you have a lynx. So what's to stop Sprigatito from being a lynx? You know what I mean? Like, it fits. It makes perfect sense if you ask me. And I think I'm a genius. Crack the code. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're def- we're definitely all hopeful, and it's nice to see uh, three fresh new takes on starters. I guess you could say that 
you know, the I guess what Coco would be the one that you would say, ah, we we've kind we've had Crocs before as a starter. I don't think we have we ever had a well, I guess Litton would be a cat, yeah, right? Litton, yeah. Litton would be a cat in the beginning and kind of turn to Incineroar, right? Uh though that's why the I mean, we wouldn't have but now we've had we've had ducks before or some type of, you know, a water bird. Uh, ducklet, ducklet and swana. Yeah, yeah, ducklet and swana. You see, so that's what I'm thinking. And and I'm not sure if you've seen any leaks. It's always fun to see the designs and the. the oh yeah. Uh, well, you know what fan people art. come up with a fan, fan art. art. I saw I saw one turn a uh, Quaxley, and his name was like it was what something buccaneer. He was a buccaneer, and you know it did fit the pirate you know aspect to it. So I was all excited. It was real cool. And then I did see uh, Spiritito turn into this what it was it was a really nice it was and it fit the link sing it did fit the link sing he was or she was a it was a larger cat almost like a I guess, i'm gonna say like a cheetah or like a puma type you know size it was green but here's the kicker it was grass steel and i thought that mm. is cool it had steel on top of its head like kind of like a steel armadillo looking thing like shell on top of its head and then it had one on its back and it had this hair that kind of came came off to the back, almost like a like a luxury looking thing there off the time, but not, not obviously not as large. So you're talking about a green puma looking thing that had steel armadillo plates, look majestic. And I, I wish I can show you so you can see it. I thought it was one of the better ones that I've seen coming from the uh, cat family, from the grass family there. Yeah. Well, so, uh, I mean, I'm I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm I'm really excited that it's this year. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Anytime you have same year turnaround, always a big deal. I, I don't I don't care how you slice it. I, I I know it's expected most of the time, but anytime you have a same year release, big deal, huge deal, because it's coming this year. You know, there's that's and this year will come by quick and finish quick. Yeah. So let's see. Uh, what else do I got here? Uh, Overwatch today announced a new uh, event, event drop. Yes, and from what I see, it's going to be a series of remix events. The first of which starts. They're calling them different volumes. So, volume one is going to start on April fifth, and it seems that they are going to. It says here it's going to be a three-part event. Like I said, the first one, April sixth. April 5th, uh, all game modes will be unlocked, oh. remix legendary skins, and there's going to be weekly challenge skins. Okay. I also read that you'll be able to get skins that you've missed. Oh, yeah. Big deal. We love so, our skins. so I know you and I are big Overwatch players, <laughs> yeah. and we love our skins, especially for our main, <laughs> our main characters. So oh, yeah. anything we've missed... Uh, I did see, I think the only one I saw, and I just glanced at it, I didn't get to read the article, was the, the Zenyatta remix skin, right? He, he goes from his, uh, um, was it the Cthulhu skin, I think it was, the purple one? Mm-hmm. The cultist, I think is what it's called. Cultist, it's called the cultist, it's called the Cthulhu, right, because of his, his tentacles around his face. Um, it looked like, a, was it, if I'm not mistaken, green and green and like a white or green and like a gray? Is that what I saw, I think, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken? I think a lot of them had their base color changed to like white is what I think I saw. Ah, okay. So I think most of them the 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 palette was changed to white. 
Because I know one of my favorites is the Reinhardt skin. The black Blackheart, I think it's called. And now he's white and green. I'm watching the graphic now. The cultist is now white and gold with a little bit of aqua. A little bit of aqua. Is that aqua? Yeah, yeah. like like accent. And then the Genji, the one with the mask, I don't know what it's what it's called. Genji's now white, Reaper's now white. And then the last one I believe is the Mercy. And then you got Diva with red hair. Oh, and there is a Diva in there. Forgot about the Diva. Yes, sir. Can't forget about the I don't know Diva. who plays Diva. <laughs> As a Diva man. Nobody I know. All day. And we call her OP because she has two lives. And you best believe you <laughs> got to kill me twice, baby. <laughs> <laughs> so I think with these, uh, I think they did say that the event, that this is going to replace the normal events that we would have. But again, it did. they did say that all game modes would be open. Is this supposed to be considered, this supposed to be considered the anniversary event, no? Yeah, it says just here in their on the post on their forums, it says just like standard anniversary events will be enabling brawls on a rotating schedule over the next three weeks. Fan favorites like archives, missions, okay, Lucio okay. Ball and May Snowball Challenge will all be making a return. So be sure to yeah, jump yeah. in and join in on the festivities. Oh, yeah, no, I've always. Appreciate- this I've always does appreciate- mean this does mean that events like archives, standard anniversary and summer games will not be making a return this year. Instead, the anniversary remix events will be introducing a new set of variants in place of the normal event schedule, all of which will transfer to Overwatch 2 along with all previously earned skin sprays and player icons. Nice. The three-part anniversary event enables our team to allocate more time and attention to the upcoming PvP beta, while simultaneously providing the community with the chance to earn unique variants of your favorite legendary skins. Very nice. Very nice. And, and I, I've always enjoyed the, the anniversary event more so just because you have, it's almost like a, a, it's almost like a celebration, right? It's a one year anniversary and it's what's called the anniversary, right? But, you know, a giant celebration of, of appreciating Overwatch for what it was for that year. You know what I mean? And I know, and I know this past year, two years, Overwatch has had its ups and downs and stuff like that. But when you have just a, an easy, great game just to kind of get into get into and enjoy you know it's it's always a lot of fun especially when you get to play with friends right when you get to play with your buddies and the ones that appreciate it as much as you do you know what i mean so it's great and again it's, it's also another one where the lore is just beautiful the story is just awesome and again if eric if there's ever other type of media besides the short stories that come out i'm all about it dude sure. what a game what a game that would be that is like has everything there to be a show an anime anything like it, it's there. It has the characters. People love those characters. It'll introduce new people to those characters. And then more people so like the characters, more people play the game. Yeah, you know, you have the story. And it happened, as a matter of fact, recently uh, with Arcane. You know, uh, Arcane was based off League of Legends, and League of Legends has been around for years. You know, and personally, like, I've 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 played League of Legends maybe when it first came out, for, you know, and I was just with a buddy of mine a, a few times, but nothing too crazy, and and I never kept up with it. But when Arcane came out, I, obviously, you know, LOL is huge. Everybody knows about you know the Battle Arena game, and when it came out, you you started being introduced to all these characters. Hey, well, guess what? I'm invested. I wanna I wanna buy these things. I I might wanna look into the game. I wanna st- I wanna buy merch, even though I don't play the damn game. You know what I mean? You 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 start drawing in 
new people and it's overall you know regardless of what people might say or better late it's, it's good for the game overall it's good for it's good for you know um for the company it's good for the buyer it's good for the seller it's good for everyone just to kind of get these new people into the game so if overwatch were to do something like this you best believe you know and there's a lot of story episodic they have short they have the short stories already they have the animation down just turning those short clips into full-blown 20 20 minute episodes and you know making a story you know making it uh, uh or even if you want to make it episodic to kind of introduce you know world build world build i th- i think it would re- really blow up i know right now the medium is just huge in general as far as you know anime and animation and stuff like that so it, it, that that would be something that'd be awesome to see you know overwatch getting its type of you know outlet <laughs> Yeah, so with that, but we do have uh we do have the Overwatch 2 beta finally coming out uh this coming month or upcoming month, I guess we still have a couple hours till April. Uh on the 26th PVP beta, which I think you can still su- sign up for on the on uh Blizzard's website. Uh I saw today that Somebody somebody leaked a graphic about what the game looks like. And instead of quick play, I think it called the mode unranked, which to me essentially it means the same thing. I was very curious as to how as to how uh, the beta was going to work exactly because with limited people in there because I have heard that it's going to kind of come out in waves it's gonna uh invite people to the beta in waves so i was wondering is it gonna be strictly quick play or was there gonna be ranked as well because if it's a if it's a limited amount of people that are gonna be in there and you have all these content creators that are high ranks and then you kind of have like us people that delve around like the middle of the pack platinum gold diamond players like how are they gonna put us all in in, in, in quick in, play, in, does that make sense? Giant, yeah, the giant turtle quick play. I mean, I would hope the matchmaking would would be a little bit better, right? Um, but then again, it would be kind of difficult to see more or less, um, you know, or where you stand, right, or how good you are compared to to everybody else, you know. And but then again, it is a beta, um, so obviously there's going to be some things to kind of you know look at, kind of fix, and kind of really, you know, understand the game a bit better. So. But yeah, I mean, if I were to play, if I were to play some content creator, that'd be interesting to see, right? It's always kind of fun. <laughs> yeah. So what I saw, I, I just got the graphic. It says here, unranked. Jump into a game against other players of your skill level. So that's why I was saying I was wondering how it was going to determine. How it was going to put us who it knew, how it would know who to put us with. Yeah. So that means in some way it's going to. Go ahead and put us in uh, in some kind of ranking, and put us with players that are like uh, where you where you fall right where we fall under. I would think. Yeah, for sure. So I do also see here that there's a roster out, which seems like just about everybody's in here. I think they said I think so. Jorn was supposed to be in there as a new one, no. Yeah, I'm I'm just trying to see if there's anybody missing from the roster. Okay. I see Diva, Doom, Doom now a tank, Arissa, Reinhardt, Roadhog, Sigma, Winston, Wrecking Ball, 
Zarya. I see all the DPS. There's too many to name. And I do see Sojourn in there. Then I see Ana, Bap, Brig, Lucio, Mercy, Mora, and Zenyatta. Very nice. Awesome. So, I mean, it's coming and it's close. So, I'm over the moon. Oh, yeah. And I know we've been waiting for a while. And the game's been out since 2016, if I'm not mistaken. So, it's been it's been it's been a good a good what six years six year run so far, and mm -hmm. that is extremely extremely awesome for you know any game in general. So let's see what else do we got. So uh, I know we've done mostly gaming so far, but uh, Odd Taxi, Marcus. I watched a couple more episodes of Odd Taxi. It's a anime on. That I've been watching on Crunchyroll. Marcus has seen it. Uh, recommended it to me. Last night I think I got to episode 6. 6? Or 7. I think I'm on 7. Seven's next. Okay. So, I mean, which one is 7? Or which one is 6? If it's the one, because I, I know <laughs> it, it does have point of view certain characters and stuff like that. So, the last one I watched is where our... Our main character, Taxi Driver, uh, has uh, they, he figured out that uh, that his love interest is kind of working with uh, somebody else, and um, there's a kid that, in some way, our taxi driver affected his life. And he wants he wants to kill him. Yeah. Okay. I mean, just to just to kind of give you a rundown on on, on not taxi, um, as spoiler free as I can, um, it's it doesn't seem what it's like at first glance, you know. And I I know people see you know the anamorphic um, hype setting, the animals and stuff like that, but it, it it's it's a lot more deeper than that. Um, there is a mystery aspect behind it. The whole, the whole mystery, you know, and it's introduced in the first episode of, you know, the body starts river and, you know, the who killed his body. And you have this taxi driver, right? Otakawa. And the world does not deserve someone like this man because he's, he's awesome. You know, this character is just amazing. And, you know, what he does for everybody is just, you know, over the moon. You know what I mean? It, it, people don't really have to kind of do what Otakawa does. And, when you really get into the story, you're kind of seeing these philosophical meanings, right? Or and the and the psychology, the psychological meanings as far as you know why a person does the way he does, you know why a person thinks the way he thinks, you know how what, how this person influences you know people's decisions and and the consequences that these people are going to endure because of said you know decisions. Uh, but ultimately, the payoff is great if you're if you're already halfway through it. You know, from episode eight, nine, episode eight, it's you just you're just mind blown and mind blown and mind blown, and it's just it's just it's a, it's a good ride. And the ending, oh man, you know, and that's one of the things you know, endings in general are just very, very difficult to top, just because you know an ending can almost kill an entire show. Um, and we've seen that before, right? Where you know nobody really talks of Game of Thrones anymore because the ending was that rushed, you know. But that's a topic for another time. Um, but as far as the ending, you know, I feel they nailed it. There's actually more media, right? There's a movie coming up that's supposed to be a retelling, and there's extra stuff. So um, that's all I'm gonna say about that particular part of Autaxi. But 
it's I do recommend it. I've seen I've seen a lot of an, of anime. I've seen I've been watching anime for you know for almost twenty years and and, and stuff like that. And um, uh, I do I do highly recommend it. I would say it's up there as one of the best ones that I've seen in the last ten years. Um, otherwise, give it a watch, give it a go, um, and we'll talk more about it. You know, maybe down the road and you know next time whenever Rico finishes it or you know we feel like more people more people finish that, we'll make sure to include a spoiler warning. Um, just in case, you know, you want to kind of get off, right, and not listen in case you're watching it. So we can talk about it more for sure because I'm all excited to talk about these things, you know, all night if you let me. <laughs> <laughs> so I actually saw today when I was scrolling Reddit, I just so happened to find this uh, image today from Odd Taxi, and it says that it's an it was an odd taxi main visual at the very beginning of the anime development. That this was kind of a little poster or something they had going on. And I was like, wow, I'm actually watching yeah. this show right now. In case you know Otokawa, Otokawa's the walrus right there coming out, uh, the brown walrus right there coming out. And as far as I'm concerned, him and his friend at the top and the police guy in the back are the ones that his designs have kind of stayed the same. So you know that Otokawa was, you know, he's a day one man, you know what I mean? So that's awesome, man. That's that's an awesome visual, too. Great to yeah, see it, man. It's definitely different from a lot of other anime that you hear about oh, nowadays or oh, watch yes. nowadays. It seems like it's, it's, I there's kind of a formula. Up. Yeah, I always chalk it up as a great change of pace because people right now are always, and again, you know, speaking about anime, that's a whole other monster, and I'm just going to be brief so we can talk about that another time. Um, Anime in general, you know, shonen, you know, you have your main character becomes OP, kind of endures, kind of does whatever he's gonna do, and that's your that's those are your standard anime shown shown anime, right? That do get a lot off the ground. So when you're given something like Odd Taxi, it it to great change of pace, totally just you know immerses you into its characters, right? You get into the environments, to the world, to the setting, and you want to know more about these particular characters, not because of, you know, they're going to get stronger or they're going to save the world, but because you actually genuinely feel for them. You know what I mean? And not, again, not that you don't for these other characters, um, but it's just the fact that, you know, the world doesn't deserve people like Odokawa, man. So, um, yes, it's a great change of play, great change of pace. Uh, I'm I'm glad you're almost you're halfway through. And again, we'll talk about it more later because I know it's just huge. It's it's big, and I can get into the whole philosophical, psychological aspect of that. And then we you know, and even one day we'll do a an anime podcast. You can really see, you know, and really get into the the nitty gritty as far as some of the great ones we've seen. So, yeah. So one last thing that I have on. Uh pertaining to anime for today is that i was uh, scrolling twitter today and there's a a magazine called jump giga i don't know if you're familiar with it jump but giga. i am not actually but they put out a a cover today for their magazine that was supposed to be centered around villains and the reason i came across this is because the one of the villains and my favorite anime was trending. Oh my god! And 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 I mean, you know, obviously, like who I'm talking about by posting that picture. Yeah, yeah. but that's but weird. it. <laughs> but it, exactly, that's and he was trending for that reason. People were saying, "Wow, you guys really put all these cold-blooded killers and a volleyball player." Because hey, my one of my favorite player. one of my favorite villains. Is a volleyball player from 
from the haiku anime or manga and i guess the cover is supposed to be a villain themed uh cover and we have uh some people from my hero aikawa and i'm not i'm not too familiar with these other people on the cover i don't know who i know you watch a little more anime than i do so Bottom right, I, I can't really put it, you know, but obviously the one that sticks out is Oikawa there on the top right, especially with that menacing face, almost as if he's going to, you know, you know, set the shit out of that ball. <laughs> yeah, so a great cover, man. So it was, it, I thought, I thought so too. I just thought it was funny that that's the reason that he was trending, and I did see a couple of memes that were pretty funny. Like here's one I'll post for you. awesome man that's awesome so yeah the great king of the court what do they call him the great king that's right haiku uh you know we'll get more into it once we talk uh later down the road and we talk a little bit more about anime but yeah, i know i know initial anime. impression is like oh what, what why would i want to watch a an anime about volleyball but psh, give it a watch yeah no definitely definitely i i, I know you know his recommendations uh with another friend who has watched everything i recommended him and he's always pretty you know he'll watch him and say great I i've yet to heard anything bad for him so hike you gotta watch it uh definitely no uh there's a lot more that came from and again you know we'll get more into it whenever we have a a, a podcast just for you know anime you know and stuff like that kind of get really more into you know the ins and outs yeah, so, well, the big news of the day was E3, and naturally, we kind of just slid up into uh, different things with gaming this week. Uh, touched a little bit of stuff extra there at the end. Uh, I don't know if there's anything else you wanted to go into, or... Actually, not. Uh, I did have a list, but no, uh, every, I think uh, everything's going good. I think, you know, as far as the news is concerned uh, about what we talked about, you know, there's there's nothing but positives it seems going down the road and and we can always kind of touch base more on everything you know in one day also or in one more podcast but ultimately we just kind of want to give you guys a rundown as you know as far as like what to expect um when just kind of listening or chatting with us you know what i mean um that there are so many different mediums and avenues that we that we enjoy and you know and that we have that we're very knowledgeable about that we can actually get into and have a genuine logical conversation as far as video games, anime, movies, just entertainment, media, even sports in general. So we're glad that you guys got to listen to us and, you know, you know, let, let us talk about our thoughts, you know, and, and, and be genuine with everybody. Yeah. And I think uh, something positive that I think will come out of this for sure is that we do have like a, a good thing, a good friend group that I think is very diverse. You know, we all have our own favorite games, favorite type of games, different. We all love different sports teams, different sports. Different we all teams. have different walks of walks of life and we've all have different experiences. And, you know, for now it's just the two of us, but hopefully in the future, we'll bring in some of our other friends, different opinions. Uh, and, and there's a lot of different opinions. You know, you'll get, you'll get stuff from, you know, not, it's not always agreements. At, at, at times, it becomes more of a competitive thing, right? Who's, whose opinion is better and why? So it's a lot of Oh, fun. yeah. <laughs> we, we have our very own Skip Bayless. Yeah. <laughs> yes, we do. Yes, we do. You'll meet him one day. Yeah. So uh, I think that's it for tonight. Uh, 
but this has been fun and let's see where this goes yeah so we'll see you guys hopefully next week and we'll talk some more uh but otherwise thank you for joining us signing off this is marcus again so hope to talk to you guys and also with and this has been rico you guys have a good one later